1: Good morning, Tam Tam. I think I'm a
2: little too excited. I might have peed my pants. Oh, uh, yeah. So, bit. I mean, um, affiliates. One of my favorite people in the world right here today.
1: It's kind of all of our dreams coming true right now because we have, I mean, I feel like we'd kind of be best friends with her. Like, she would be our best we friend. Are best friend. She is we are our let's, best friends. Let's pretend okay. like we are. Okay. Okay.
2: I also <laughs> think I manifested her into my life because I've always had such respect for her, Uh uh, firstly, as an entertainer and an artist, but also as a mom, like I lose my shit all the time and I have two children and she has way more than I do. (laughs) Um, And I just can't even imagine how she gets through her day and still looks amazing and still Uh is amazing. And she inspires me. So without further ado, who do we have,
1: Roxy? We have the one and only Tori. Spelling You guys,
3: uh in my entire career I've never had an introduction (laughs) and amazing is that? Like I need to bring the two of you everywhere I go yeah. or I'll just use that track. Are you yeah, sure? Exactly. Be like, I'm here.
2: We will definitely, um, be right behind you anytime you need us. Yes. You, need new friends. you were just saying that you might need new friends. And I'm like, I, I, I yeah. pick me. Hello. I pick me.
1: We're not busy.
3: because <laughs> <Done. laughs> I'm a fan too. You guys so like, Oh my God, this is very exciting for me as well. So I'm glad the three of us are here together, but not here together, but
1: kind of. Right now, right? It's all happening. It's all happening now. Oh my gosh, Tori, we have so much to talk to you about. There's so many, so many great things. Um, So let's just jump right in.
3: Lay it on me, sister. <laughs> all right, all right.
1: <laughs> so, you know, watch it. We've like... We've always watched you and, and your progression with your career and even like starting out growing up, you grew up in a Hollywood dynasty. I mean, literally your dad, Aaron Spelling, produced dynasty as well as over 200 TV productions. He's the most prolific TV producer that there has ever been. That's amazing. Amazing. He's also from Dallas, as am I, which we love that too, <laughs> a little Texas connection, Um So did like seeing his career, did that shape you into wanting to go in the show business because you sort of grew up up around it your whole life?
3: I always wonder, um, Mm -hmm. I would like to think that it's something I just gravitate towards and I would have done it anyway, but I'm sure it didn't help that I was literally born into, you know, from the time I could speak, I was walking around and there was, you know, Cheryl Ladd and Joe Collins and, you know, Jacqueline Smith, just everyone from all of his shows. And um, to me, it was normal. Like when people say like, what was it like? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know until... Mm -hmm. Sadly, I didn't understand it all till I was an adult and really understood it when my dad passed away and kind of like in retrospect, like looking back at his career and the life I grew up in, um, really was grateful and appreciated it. But as a kid, you're just like, this isn't this normal? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I always was into his scripts. Like he had this amazing room. Uh, that was like a library that my mom created that had leather bound first editions of every script he'd ever written. It oh was gosh. a massive room wow. and they lined the walls. So every Saturday, as soon as I could read, I would go and take one down. I'd be like, where are we going today in my imaginary land? And I would take it down and I would act out all the parts and read these scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fascinated. So, um, I think I did always want to be an actress. It, it was either that or a veterinarian, but I have so many pets that I think I've accomplished both. <laughs> right.
1: You've rescued With, enough dogs at this yeah. point. I feel like in pigs, pigs, pigs and everything and else, right? Yeah. And-
2: <laughs> when did you realize, like, do you remember like an age when you just woke up and you're like, huh, my family is special. Like it is different than other families. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, I look at my daughter and she's seven and I I don't, nothing about us, but I don't think she's fully aware of certain things yet about life, you know? So do you remember like a specific age where it kind of just all clicked that things were different? Mm.
3: Definitely. It was probably in second grade. And unfortunately it was because there was this girl at school mm-hmm. that literally would corner me mm-hmm. every day, and I couldn't get down the hall. And she'd be like, blocking the way, and she'd be like, "Where are you going, little rich girl?" And I'd be like, "To my class." I'm so <laughs> painfully shy, and so because of that, and then the kids would all like stand there and laugh and. Uh, school events, my mom mm-hmm. and dad would show up in a limo and I'd be like, please, please, you don't understand. Mom, don't wear the big diamond ring. Um, dress down, drop you know, drop me off a block away. And then you guys can have your driver like pull up and drop you off. Like it was something I was embarrassed about, which is mm-hmm. sad because my dad worked, my dad came from nothing. Like literally um, mm-hmm. he was so poor. They didn't even have, he didn't have shoes to walk to school. Mm-hmm. And so for him, He created such an empire and he just wanted to give everything to his kids. So it was, it makes me sad now to think back that I was like embarrassed about it, but I was embarrassed Mm. because I was bullied about it. So, but that's when I, it clicked that like, okay, I guess I'm not like all these other kids. Like Mm. my family's really, my dad's famous. They're telling me like, you know, and I'm really rich, but I didn't know any Mm -hmm. differently before that. Mm -hmm. So, um. Yeah. But it wasn't until I think after that it was high school really that I was like, okay, this is really cool because we had a bowling alley. And then of course all the kids were like, let's have my typical <laughs> birthday party, of <laughs> we'll party at Tories and go bowling in her dad's bowling alley. And I was like, okay, cool. Yay. They like
1: me, you know? So you mentioned like getting bullied. It, um, did that happen? Was that like an isolated incident in second grade? Or did you have bullying like throughout your mm-hmm. growing up?
3: I mean, I, to me, in comparison, to what I know other people have gone through, uh-huh. it was not hardcore. Um, but we're all such individuals that it, it can impact us. I'm minimizing it because I feel like I don't ha- deserve to be able to say I was bullied because I mm-hmm. grew up in such a great circumstance, obviously. But I think, you know, emotionally it, it's, everyone has their own impact of different things. It did impact me. Mm. Um, to this day, I'm still like embarrassed of who I am. Like mm. if someone's like, honestly, my friends can't call me Tori. It's that bad. They have to call me T like, I hate hearing the name Tori spelling. Like, cause I'm like Tori spelling. Oh, daddy's like little rich girl, nepotism, mm. you know, only mm. got jobs because of her dad. Like it's, it's all that negative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, first it was the kids in school, then it was the tabloids. So it just now it's cyber bullies on, you know, social media. So it kind of sticks with you and people are like, Oh, you know, people used to say like, Oh, we feel so bad for you, but it's not about that. It's just, you know, what makes us feel bad, makes us feel bad. And no one mm-hmm. can tell us it doesn't. Yeah.
2: Do you feel like you had to shrink yourself to make Mm. other people feel better? And does it make you angry when you look back at your life and go, Mm. I couldn't fully embrace everything that I had because of others. And I had to become smaller so that they would feel better.
3: Oh my God. Why did I pay for all those years of therapy? (laughs) (laughs) We're here for you, Tori. (laughs) In a few minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I mean everything I do I go into the mindset of it's not good enough, it's not going to work out. And mm-hmm. you know what? We can manifest that stuff. We've all seen that happen. We mm-hmm. can manifest good stuff, we can manifest the self-sabotage, bad stuff too. So, um there's a part of me that was always like no, this can't work out. No, this is going to happen. And it's a domino effect in your life. Like what you kind of think is Mm going to happen and Mm -hmm. you're like, no, I don't deserve that. Um, so I'll just make it not happen. And Mm -hmm. then it doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Did that make you, as far as acting goes, did that make you try to prove yourself even harder because you kind of didn't want to be like, oh, they're going to say, because of my dad's success, I got this job or because of this, I got that. Like, did that change the way that you would audition and act and try to prove yourself? A
3: hundred percent. Um, I mean the old joke, like in Hollywood is that like, I was like, I auditioned under a fake name and I honestly really did. I had an agent but did they know it was me coming in? Yes. Did I tell her you have to use a different name and then chose Tori Mitchell. So Mm -hmm. I still had Tori in there Mm -hmm. and it was a name that my dad had in a script he had done. So I was like, oh, they'll never guess Tori Mitchell. He had just done like a TV movie with that name. It was really random, Mm -hmm. but um, it made me feel better. And walking onto that set the first day of 90210, was so like i felt like it was debilitating inside i was like oh my god oh mm-hmm. my god i don't deserve to be here mm-hmm. um it definitely no one ever treated me in that way from jump i feel mm-hmm. like the cast like if, if sure i'm you know they and we all talk about it now at first they were like oh it's Aaron spelling's daughter and they're like you know within minutes of meeting tori you see she's so nice and mm-hmm. not what people had expected um and then we all became friends and then we wouldn't even like be like, oh yeah, we got to call the producer. We got to call Aaron. And they would say it like right in front of me. And no one even thought of me as Aaron's falling solder. It was just, I was their cast member, but, um, I definitely like, I used to show up an hour early to work. Like I would mm. be like, I was like, because of who I am, mm-hmm. I have to be I didn't feel like I could be better than everyone else. So I was like, what's my in? I have to be nicer than everyone else. I have Mm -hmm. to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. So I became a real people pleaser, like to Mm -hmm. the point of my detriment, like I would just say yes to anything and everything. Um, And, you know, I didn't have a voice. I lost my voice because I was like, okay, at least they'll be like, well, Tori's spelling super nice. So they can't Mm -hmm. say, you know, she's entitled. Um, but it took me forever to find my voice and I fall back on it all the time. Like I say Mm. yes to everything. I, you know, and I'm like, okay, where's the me of it all. So I have Mm -hmm. to constantly try to check myself before I wreck myself. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah. but. But that fame that, so obviously your parent, your family was really well known, but then you had, you were propelled into like the stratosphere when it came to fame and I talk about this on this podcast. <coughs> I have mm-hmm. had like five percent of what that feels like, right? And I, it really screwed with me growing up because I didn't know who I was. I just knew what people's perception of me was, and I mm-hmm. had to fill that. And I feel like fame, so many people, especially our young kids, um, and you look at all the social media, they're trying to be famous, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think people realize how much fame can take from you. Mm-hmm. And especially when you became famous so young and you're mm-hmm. so malleable. And and it just screwed – I know it screwed with me. How did that feel when you became so famous so quickly do you think it affected the rest of your life and you've had to kind of still pick up the pieces mm.
3: for sure um by the way my daughter's like uh, what podcast are you doing i'm like oh i'm, <laughs> I'm doing it with some mom friends and then saw you and she's like <gasps> you know, she's famous. She's a little, <laughs> little liar. You know, like, I'm famous. Excuse Excuse me. Me.
2: <laughs> she's
3: like, what do you think I am? Jump change. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So Jenny Garth is actually my best friend in real life. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't just play best friends on TV and When we we created BH90210, which was our reimagination, not the Mm -hmm. reboot, of 90210, which didn't didn't last after one season, sadly. But um, when we were creating it, we kind of talked a lot about stuff. And we came to the same conclusion that exactly what you're saying, that, wow, it was our formative years. We were, Mm -hmm. you know, I was 16 when we started. She was 17. And all we knew was that set and that life and mm-hmm. nothing beyond that. So when we became famous, we were in this bubble mm-hmm. and we very much are like, wow, like we were talking and as you know, I'm sure our kids will say this one day, my parents fucked me up. Like <laughs> we are try our best, but no matter what we do... Can't I every day, I'm like, I'm totally fucking these kids up. Whether
1: <laughs> I
2: do the right thing or right
3: or wrong. Like, <laughs> if you think that, then you're probably not.
1: FYI. Right. <laughs> Why,
3: what, they're going to have like issues with us. Like so we did something, but you know, there's no manual. We're doing the best we can. But, uh, so we were talking about that and I was like, Wow, I it just came to me. I always thought like are these parent issues I had with my mom, something with my dad, even though mm-hmm. I thought like he was my everything. I was such a daddy's girl. Did he somehow fuck me up somehow? And mm-hmm. then we realized no, this experience of 90210 like fucked mm-hmm. us up because we got so famous in this bubble mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just ended one day. Right. And so at 26 years old, then suddenly it was like here you go out into the real world and we're like what? Like, like we now had what? no perception yeah. of anything. Um, and then I was discussing this with her that I watched the Taylor Swift documentary and she was mm-hmm. saying something interesting that uh celebrities from the moment they became famous are kind of stuck in that <sighs> frozen time in, mm-hmm. in, in a certain way, mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally when they became famous in that age. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow. So for me, I guess that's 16. And that makes so much sense in so many ways. So yeah, totally.
2: We've all been doing our part to keep our communities healthy and safe, including shopping from home. Greats has been sending shoes straight to your door since 2014. Skip the store, but still find the perfect pair.
1: Amazing. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker brand and is known for making the most accessibly priced Italian made sneakers in the world. They make premium quality classics for men and women that play nice with everything in your wardrobe. And these aren't one season shoes. They're trend-proof, built to last, and over time will become trusted and well-loved friends. I
2: definitely love mine, Roxy, but you see, that's only half the story. Greats sources the best materials and works with responsible factories that maintain the highest environmental and labor standards to craft premium quality footwear in an ethical way. Visit greats.com to learn
1: more. That's G-R-E-A-T-S dot Did that make you have any sort of, like, anxiety? Like, especially when the show ended, like, did you feel anxious? Were you, like, worried about the next job? Or, like, how how did that play out for you?
3: It was interesting. It was 10 years. And, yeah. you know, as much as you love everyone, you know, you're young and you're famous and everything's working out for you and you're like, oh, I want to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. So um, I actually, as soon as the show ended, I was like, I want to do comedy because I had always loved comedy. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a drama, I did comedy as Donna on 90210. Right, right. Um, I got a development deal right away from Fox. We're going to develop your own sitcom. I was like, great. This is how life works. Well, I shot the sitcom. it didn't get picked up. And I was like, what do you mean? There's like, all yeah. of them hmm. don't just get picked up and run 10 seasons and earn like international hits. And then it was like the real world. And then it was like, oh, shoot, what happens now? And then all of a sudden it was like, no, now you audition. And it was almost like, I'm here. And then it's oh. like, okay, you got to start over again. It's like, just like that. And it was a big shock. It was like, it was a humbling thing because I've always been a nice person, but you know, I probably thought at 26, I was like, yeah, I can go out and I'm going to get everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, no. And then pilot after pilot, I would book, didn't get picked up, didn't get picked up, Mm -hmm. didn't get picked up. And then you suddenly realize, okay, what now?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone should have that experience. And the reason I say that is I've worked on many shows where people have just had a trajectory of success that was going upwards, right? And the way that they treat other people is abominable sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I am so successful, so other people, you know, don't matter. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm the king of my castle, But I always say that you have to be nice to the people on the way up because they're the same people that you see on the way down. And I think it's important to lose and to -hmm. to gain and to lose and to gain because it does. It gives you scars and then your scars become stronger and then you become a stronger human being. And it does. It humbles Mm -hmm. you so much. One of these questions that I love to ask people is like, how, how do you feel about failure? Because... Like, for me, when I fail, I've ha- it derails me. Like, I, I can't really pick myself up. But then I say, well, you miss 100% shots of the shots that you don't take. Mm-hmm. So it's not failure. It's learning how to be better the next shot you take. But it's taken me a long time to get through um, the pain that goes with failure because of having success. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm really good at failure. <laughs> That's hard. Have you always been good? Yes, yeah. really good. <laughs> I have mastered failure um, to the point where, and again, this goes back to us talking about manifestation. Like I truly am so set in the mindset that this isn't going to work. Then when it doesn't mm-hmm. work, I'm like, okay, what now? Like mm-hmm. put my, strap my boots back on. Let's okay. What am I going to create now? Um, And I'm definitely a fighter. Like, um, I, you know, life's been like this career has been like that. Um, and I'm like, what's next, but it's shocking. It would be shocking to me for something to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the flip side, my personal life, My family, my children. I'm like, wow. Career wise, I started at the top. I started Mm -hmm. in success, and everything since has been like up, down, up, down, roller coaster. But personal life, I feel so blessed, and I feel like I always like I win. I can't not win because I have my amazing family. Mm -hmm. Um, So me, to me, that is success. But it's the career part I still haven't mastered the winning of it all, or even envisioning that I deserve to win.
2: Is it, I have to ask this, is it because you're trying to protect yourself? Mm. Is it because you don't want, like, you're almost like, well, it's going to fail. And is it a way to protect yourself? Because then it doesn't hurt so bad.
3: For sure. I internalize everything. Like if anything bad happens, like bad, I'm talking about when death has happened in my life, I'm like, okay, how can I take care of everyone else? Um, Mm. And I used to, it's so interesting. When my husband and I first met. I remember my uncle died and I started crying. And then I said, I'm so sorry. And he said, why are you sorry? And I said, because crying is a sign of weakness.
1: Mm. And
3: I heard myself say it, but I couldn't help it. It's how I felt. And I was like, that's so fucked up. Like, Mm -hmm. So I've tried to work on that, but I'm very much like, Like emotionally, I'm really good with other people. I will take care of you. I'm very nurturing, but for myself, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, no, no. And people are like, it's okay. You want a hug? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm okay.
1: And yeah, totally protecting myself. Yeah. You know, you mentioned relationships and you mentioned being great friends with Jenny. No doubt. You guys are going through such a crazy time during when everything was going on. It almost becomes like a family when you're with this cast. Have you, absolutely. Have you maintained strong relationships with others in your cat in the cast as well? A hundred
3: percent. And I literally like, I'm like, wow, okay. Everything happens for a reason. Mm. Why did BH 90210 even happen if it was only going to go one season and not go any further?
1: Mm
3: -hmm. It was so much work to put together. And then I'm like, you know what? No, it, it wasn't a failure. It brought us all back together. And we have all decided we'll never, uh, never be a part again. And not that any of us have issues. I mean, you know, the press and tabloids say whatever they want,
1: right.
3: it's just kind of life. You're with each other literally more than your own yeah. family, yeah. um, five days a week working crazy 17 hour days. Cause you're young and they think they can work you whatever hours and you're like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, those are the only people <laughs> we knew. Um, and then we would hang out together on weekends. So. Um, you know, when life went a different way, it's suddenly like, okay, after ten years, you just we just lost touch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we all got married and had families, different career things. Um, so like Brian Austin Green, who I mean, David and Donna, we were on camera yeah, together. Mm-hmm. We we uh were off camera as something, he and I have different perspectives of what that was. Which what is, was it? Like, yeah, <laughs> a young girl's version and a young boy's version. So, two different.
2: But you versions. thought you were dating yeah. and like in love or whatever, uh-huh. and he was like, "I don't know what this is." It's, this is a great quote that says, "Like, I'm sorry, I asked if we were dating
1: because you said we were dating." Like, what? <laughs> it's like men just like they don't. You know. It's not the same. It's not the yeah. same in their minds, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's so funny because. Yeah. We like, we're great friends and we talk about it. And it's just so funny because to me, I was like, oh, remember that summer? Like, we were together. Like, <laughs> you said, I love you. And I said, I love you. And like, he remembers none of that. And he's like, no, we hooked up. Like, we were <laughs> friends. And I was like, cool. Okay. Even now, I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, oh, remember it the same. And, you know, I chalk it up, you know, we were literally 18, 19 years old when it happened. Like, but the good thing is we were best, like best friends throughout the whole series like that didn't mm-hmm. stop us from being close friends it was just a fling that he saw different than i <laughs> 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 he's one of my first loves i'm going to marry <gasps> yes, him yeah. like the wedding and bells are
1: ringing <laughs>
3: <laughs> I remember uh, i even like and we had been friends he was with people i was with people and the final episode um, David and Donna got married and Mm -hmm. it felt so real because we each, we had a script and we were like, you know what? We know these characters. We are these characters. Mm -hmm. So Brian and I went back to our dressing rooms and decided to write our own vows, not what (gasps) the writers wrote. (laughs) So during rehearsal, we rehearsed Uh, the wedding scene. We read what was on the script. And then until the cameras were rolling, neither of us heard the vows from each other. So, we did them and we were both really crying because they were beautiful. And it was two people that did love each other very much, not in love, but loved mm-hmm. each other. And I remember when it all ended, like that day we wrapped Jenny and I were walking back to the trailer and I was like, I think there's a problem. And she's like, what? I was like, I think I love Brian again. She's like, I'm not. <laughs> doing no, no, it's not happening. So we actually incorporated that into BH L into the thing where I'm like, I think I like Brian again. And she's like, Oh God, here we go again. Yeah. What was it? what was the, the trait? Like, I
2: remember when I used to like, kind of, I don't know, I didn't even know how to say it, but like get cutesy or ki- I don't know. But in the trailer, <laughs> you guys ever like smooching? In the trailer? Yeah. And then, like, they'd be like, and then they'd be like, it's time to get on set. And you're like, oh, gosh. And you're like get my shit together. <laughs> Because I remember, I was just like, "Oh, you know, they're knocking. They they shouldn't know that two people are in here." Yeah. You know.
3: <laughs> and it's so funny on sets, like the '80s. Everyone knows, yeah, of course. Okay, they know, and yeah. makeup and hair always knows, but everyone pretends like it's not happening. <laughs> like, oh, you live with it.
1: <laughs> I know. Were there a lot of like hookups going on just in general, like there on must set have been. between? There I'm there sure because you guys are all young and gorgeous and hot and like and successful of the and moment. yeah. It's
2: like oh come on
1: yeah right yes 100
3: percent. Right. <laughs> we, we all like to refer to it like it was very ancestral
1: because yeah. we are brothers and sisters for
3: life <laughs> and it's like the fact like we were all like
1: yeah of course was there one that totally shocked you that you were like wait how is that even like happening these two together
3: she's not gonna tell you (laughs) she's like well (laughs) we were all right there we all knew what was happening when it was totally like we didn't say anything but we all knew so it wasn't shocking like no (laughs) i was so mad i
2: said to i said to roxy we did a um we did a pretty liars podcast with some of the some of the cast and they were all hooking up and i was like (gasps) Not must- one person <laughs> tried to hook up with me in seven years. And I'm like, this is so offensive. And everyone's like, oh, we well, had a husband. I'm like, okay, but you could have just been like, you know, just trying something. Yeah. You know, just nothing. Not even a flirt. Nothing. nothing. Not even a, like, you look cute. Nothing. And I was like, seven years. Everyone else is making out on set. Open with, with kissing, yeah, right? open mouth kissing, right? Open mouth kissing, French kissing, which I didn't get the memo. I didn't know that that was a <laughs> thing because like my mouth was like so closed the whole time. So no wonder people were not into it. They're like, oh, that weird like frigid girl. <laughs> mouth is shut you missed out on like 75 percent of the I action missed out. yeah I, missed out of I mean most of you know that like, is shocking you
3: know. to me now i'm angry as your new friend why does no <laughs> one want to hook up with you No one. i know no one had I lunch mean, with me like i was just I like i would kiss you don't worry thank
0: you oh that's,
2: no that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me i mean roxy tries
1: all the time all the time do <laughs> the screen. <laughs> i gotta give her something you know you do yeah. so let's, get, let's talk about marriage right. Rox,
2: because you know quarantine marriage has been, been an interesting one for Roxy <sighs> and i yes you know? how,
1: how are you dealing with it she, tell <laughs> Just us, like, tell how, us.
3: so how you doing <laughs> it's um <laughs> i mean cl- we have five kids so clearly my husband and i are very connected sexually mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it is uh you could have, had sex, five yeah. <laughs> that's that's could have sex five times. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You could have sex five times. I know, but but it's not the case. <laughs> um, but we are very passionate. Even after 14 years, I still mm-hmm. look at him. I'm like, he's so fucking hot. Like, oh, I yes, love cool. him and adore mm-hmm. him. He feels the same way about me, like passion wise. Um, the thing we go off the rails with our parenting, like we just, the mm. eye i on parenting, but during this quarantine, it's been difficult because we're all together. The kids were very, you know, this is a new thing we have to navigate knowing how to explain something like what is happening currently. Right. Um, they're seeing the news, they're scared. They want to know what's going to happen. So having to navigate that, having to do the homeschool, so all the kids started sleeping in the bed with me. Oh god! And my husband's like, uh, "Okay, I can't even fit in the bed." So it went from mattresses on the floor, one in the bed, dogs, pig on the floor. So my husband being like, "I'm going to be in the guest room." So poor I, you know, we didn't think quarantine would be this long. Mm-hmm. So we have this like wink wink, we have a conference call. Oh. Yeah, I know.
2: I, I put real. yeah. <laughs> okay, so
1: that's a technique. So when you tell
2: me you're on a conference call, I know <laughs> yeah. wait at least five minutes. <laughs> Five to ten. It's funny. We put the couch in front of the door and then my husband's like, She can push it through and I'm like, Oh gosh. I'm like, Okay, well, then just put like the couch and the chair and then like put the blanket over us. Uh it's just it's it's a bit of a nightmare. But you try no, to do that. So
3: smart because no. my seven year old, we mm. came out one day, we're like, Okay, you guys, we put a movie on, we're just we have a conference call, we have to do a call with um, you know, this production company, we're gonna maybe do a blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. over explaining me, of course, because I was like <laughs> <"I'm> so can't <laughs> panic and you know we come out and my seven-year-old said this he looks at me and he goes mom no no he goes uh he goes dad how was, how was the pickle in the bagel what, what? oh my god <laughs> and I was like okay one I'm super embarrassed I told you we shouldn't have done it during the day they would know." and two why is the seven-year-old know this have you guys had,
1: like, the talk with the kids? Yeah. Like, did you explain it to them? Like, We have never had a talk with any okay.
3: of them. Okay. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're I know, never going to know. They're never going to know. know. One, and he's like, Mom, please. I know. Like, And I was like, I know you do. Like, no. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, they know. They know. The
2: they kids know. know. Well, my, my seven-year-old yesterday, actually, and I've got it on video, and I'm like, oh, should I release it or should I not? But she's like, What'd you say? Mommy, how are babies made? <gasps> and the whole time on the video, I'm like, ah. I think you should ask your dad. (laughs) And she was like, but does the baby just like, um, like come, you and daddy like, like, like each other? And then, and I'm like, well, sometimes we don't like each other. Um, I'm like, that's when the best babies are made. made." (laughs) I'm like, how do I explain that? And she (sighs) goes, well, maybe like you like each other and then a baby comes into your tummy. And I'm like, I just didn't know. What to say? Like, how, yeah. how are you supposed to tell a seven-year-old that the, the terms, like a penis and a vagina go, like, how do you even explain that without them being terrified?
1: It sounds so you terrifying. Know, so, you know what? We explain it using gardening terms. you we explained did, it? Well, very basically, because she's six. Okay, okay, so these are the terms. We say that daddy had a seed that he planted in mommy's tummy, and it grew, and then it was you. Which is not a lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: she thinks gardening's very different these days. No, planted it in mommy's tummy. Now, how it got there, we still have not told. We have not discussed yet. But a seed got into the tummy yeah. and then it grew. It's a hard concept. It's, it's a hard really concept, exploit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't think my mom doesn't help. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever got the talk, though. I don't. I think I, don't, I didn't either. I think I school learned, maybe did it. School? Did you? I learned from a friend's older brother, like at after school, <laughs> not with a demonstration. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, with a demonstration? No. Demonstration. <laughs>
3: I got the book. I got the book, Where Do I Come From?
1: Oh, oh, that's a good one. Did it help? <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, but I got in trouble because I snuck it into my backpack and took it to school because it had illustrations and <laughs> definitely was like a book of the '70s and very, very hairy illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> True to life. Yeah, exactly. No, not life anymore. But <laughs> yeah. so, like, look, look, and I got in trouble.
1: Oh, Okay, so you were what? How old? Like probably seven or eight. Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. about the time, right? That's when people figure it out.
2: Okay. I'm going to go back to the subject we were talking about, about marriage, because I remember when you did your reality mm-hmm. show and you talked about your marriage and everything you went through. And I kept thinking to myself, you have single-handedly saved so many marriages mm-hmm. because you were vulnerable, um, by being on that show and Honest and raw, and mm-hmm. it was sca- I'm sure, scary as shit. Right, and how are you able to now move forward in such a healthy way? Because scars are there. We all have scars. I have scars. Roxy mm-hmm. has scars, and sometimes those scars get nicked. You know, like the other day we had a a thing that we've had for you know we've got our shit and it and i felt like mine was nicked you Mm -hmm. know and it makes me go back to that ptsd so how do you navigate it now and make your relationship healthy Mm -hmm.
0: the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials
3: All of that you just said, I just kept hearing the word "healthy." Healthy. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not healthy. <laughs> yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if it ever got healthy, but I don't know if it was completely healthy to begin with. Uh-huh. It definitely. Um, I mean, that show saved our marriage and our my life in so many ways because I've talked about before that I didn't always have a voice, and especially in my relationship i wanted to please my husband and make him happy and terrified that i would lose him and not feeling worthy enough of even having him and and then just like going 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 no time to even focus on dealing with that cuz mm. you're too busy going we were having kids back to back mm-hmm. and um that that show i was able to call it weird cuz it is I don't know mm-hmm. why I was able to find a voice on camera, but I think um, the cam- there weren't many people. There wasn't many crew. It was a cameraman and a producer there that we had done our previous show with um, mm-hmm. Tori and Dean in love and Tori and Dean home, sweet Hollywood. They had been there. There were friends kind of like uncles to our, our children. Mm-hmm. So I felt very comfortable with them, but I also felt like, okay on um, camera, I can tell him how I feel mm-hmm. and not feel like, you know, he's going to get angry at me. He's not going to approve of what I'm saying. This mm-hmm. isn't okay. Because there were two other people there in mm. a camera. Um, not the typical way people usually express themselves. I identify that, but, mm-hmm. um, it helped me. It really did because otherwise I would have just, I was kind of like just going with blinders on, like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Doesn't matter. Mm. Pushing it down, pushing it down. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, what about me? I have a voice and an opinion here. Mm. Um, my husband would probably say like, wow, that came out maybe too much. Mm. Um, but I'm super proud of that show. Second season probably should never have been done. Like it served its purpose. And because it had good ratings, mm. of course the network's like, what can we do now? You know? Um, but first season, I really love that it helped so many other women. Mm. It was, I had so many women step forward and say, thank you for putting it out there. I was embarrassed in my small town and I was embarrassed to go back to my church. I was embarrassed this, my friends, my family, and it helped me be okay with it because I saw someone do it publicly. And I was like, I'm great. I'm grateful. It helped other people, mm-hmm. but it really helped our marriage. Um, you know, we go back and forth. It's not mm. consistent. We definitely opened up lines of communication and then ha- that helped save us in the moment. Um, we fall back on it all the time, but that mm-hmm. happens in life, like you were saying. And the thing, my biggest fear in our relationship uh, was I was like, he's going to cheat on me. He's going to cheat on me. He's going to mm-hmm. cheat on me. So when it happened, um, I was like, see, I always thought from day one he was going to cheat on me. And it wasn't about him like that was about me. And I was like, okay, I know, like I'm not good enough. That's how I felt about myself. And Mm -hmm. one day he's going to realize that and he's going to find someone else. And I had it. And I used to say to him all the time, I'm so scared you're going to cheat on me. And he's like, why? Why? I've never given you reason. And then when it happened, I was like, oh my God, see you, me. So Mm. it was a, it was a hard thing to navigate. And the hardest part, even though I'm so proud of that is that it lives online, you know, and that's not Mm -hmm. something you think about in the moment. So my kids have seen not clips, but they've seen something out there online. Mm -hmm. And, um, my daughter saw something and it really upset her. And she said, daddy, I saw something online that said Mm -hmm. that years ago you cheated on mommy. And, you know, they're still young enough that we can say, Hey, you know, the tabloids make up stuff and we were having problems. They called that cheating. Um, but you know, one day we'll have to have that serious talk and be like, this is what happened. And, Mm -hmm. um, our relationship moved forward. We didn't just say like, okay, this is over. We worked Mm -hmm. hard on it and we Mm -hmm. got through it and we're not perfect. We go back and forth and have problems but um we value each other and try to
1: communicate we weren't communicating at all when that happened
2: mm-hmm.
1: we were just going yeah absolutely and like timon was saying you're so strong to put it out there and really helping so many other women um and you mentioned you know kind of going up and down do you find yourself still having any trust issues with him or is that pretty much like done now okay A 100%
3: mm-hmm. and again it's not him it's right. me you know mm-hmm. it's um, and you know, I can hear him tell me a million times mm. it had nothing to do with you. It wasn't because I wasn't happy with you or fulfilled with you. It's because I felt bad about myself mm. and it was an ego, you know, and we've been, we, you know, we know the therapy drill. I feel, I feel, you know, mm. we, we <laughs> got a down path by now, <laughs> <laughs> but while I can acknowledge that, that like, no, he's had some he's had his own issues since he was a child with his dad and not feeling good enough. And, you know, I understand, while I understand it, I still, you know, of course, you know, whenever Mm -hmm. he goes off to work, I'm like, uh Oh, is it going to happen again? Of course. And I think that's something I try to overcome, but I'd be lying if I said I it doesn't occur to me. But you know, your biggest
2: fear was that he was going to cheat on you and he did Mm -hmm. and you survived. Mm -hmm. That's the lesson. Mm-hmm. our scariest thing that, you know, I was in a plane that went down over the oh ocean. Oh my God. My yeah.
3: other biggest fear. Which okay. <laughs> just <laughs> flying. Right. And I was like,
2: oh, that's never, my husband used to say to me, like, you're not that special. He wasn't trying to be rude, but he's like, you're not that special. That stuff happens. Never. Like that's never going to happen to you. Like that's not going to be your story. So we're in the plane going from <laughs> New York to Turkey Two hours out into the ocean. It takes about nine hours to get there. They said, "Um, "Everyone, please be get ready for landing." So we're like, "What?" It's pitch black. We open up the window. We Mm. look outside, and they're dumping all the fuel. We're like, "What the f's going on?" We lost all electrical power. We dropped twenty thousand feet within, I think, three seconds. The things came down. We were like, "Well, this is it, right?" We landed in a football field in Nova Scotia without landing gear, like nothing, no landing gear, nothing. They had no instruments Mm. and we were fine. (laughs) My story is, everyone's like, what the fuck, what is this story? I've also been in a tsunami. I've also had a terrible migraine that mimicked a stroke. Like I've had a lot of things happen to me. I I promise there's a reason that I'm telling you this, but it didn't kill me. Right all these fears that I have about the, what if this happens? Mm -hmm. Well, what if it doesn't, but what if it happens? And I survived that. And you, your biggest thing with him was, well, what if he cheats? And he did, and your marriage is still good. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can navigate pain. We just have to have the pain, wait, and then there's a rebirth, you know, and then we can truly grow and become. Um, so I just think, it's amazing that your biggest fear came true and look how yeah, you've survived. grown and flown since then. Yeah. yeah. That's just my Crazy. two cents worth.
3: When we know <laughs> that's, I mean, aside from the fact that I might never fly again, <laughs> <Sorry. about that. laughs> yeah, you understand,
2: I have this huge fear. Of I'm, flying. The, I'm, the, I'm the worst. Like, we will never fly together because I'll freak you out. You'll freak. I don't even know
3: who will be worse. I scream and clutch the whole time. So, why? Nothing's happened to me. I just have this fear.
1: Oh, 16 so like hours, hours.
3: I'll be like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so <laughs> is it horrible. just car
1: rides in? Is it just like car trips or is it more like I do it? So
3: sure. Um, I never traveled. My, I first, my dad had a fear of flying. Mm. Uh, he was supposed to be on a plane that went down mm. and, uh, it was, this is a long time ago after world war two. And he made it back to Texas from New York and got back there and they were holding like Shiva for him. They thought he had died. And his mom said, promise me you'll never fly again. He was 18. He never flew again. So that fear crossed over to me. Uh, I never flew. First time I ever flew was at 18 years old. We got a free trip to Hawaii, all the cast members, and everyone went. And I was so terrified. I cried and held Gabrielle Carteris' hand, (laughs) who played Andrea, held her hand shaking the whole time. But I made it. So it's not, I didn't fly much for work. I would do it Mm because it was like, okay, I have, I have to get there. I have to work. Um, but for personal, like didn't Mm -hmm. travel. And now that I have kids, I want to change that because I don't want to pass that on to them because that's my shit. I don't want it to Mm -hmm. be theirs. But the thing with Dean I remember the producer, they had done so much research at the time when we were doing true Tory, and I don't remember the percentage, but the statistics are crazy that after couples that are married,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: after there is a cheating, you know, an affair Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. stay together, typically like it's higher that they do not make it than they make it. Mm. And it's not even the initial like, okay, we made up, we're going to stay and weather through this. Mm -hmm. It's because one, the person that's been cheated on can't let it go, mm-hmm. and the person that has cheated eventually is like, "Stop! This is enough! Like, right. we've we passed this. We keep mm-hmm. Talking about it, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. This is all what the research showed. So, um, we really are a testament that we have moved past it because I don't bring it. It's I'm not that girl. I don't bring it up all mm-hmm. the time. And when I do bring it up, he listens and he understands mm-hmm. and we have a good conversation about it. But um, we did have a rebirth after that happened because we were like, oh, wow, this was us. And then this was us. And then this mm-hmm. happened and rocked our like foundation. And we have no choice. We either start over mm-hmm. or we move on. and mm-hmm. we And to me, it was madness. Everybody out there said, fuck him. You have to divorce him. Get Mm -hmm. out of this. And I was like, wow, I'm listening to people telling me you have to. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I love this man. I have children with this man. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Everyone makes mistakes and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not staying because I have to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm an independent woman. I make my own money. I can be a single mom, but I actually really love him and I want to work on this. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but we're going to try and we both Mm -hmm. love each other. Mm -hmm. So it was madness to me that so many people had such an opinion and were offended. So Mm -hmm. many people were offended that I stayed Mm -hmm. with them.
1: And it's crazy. How did you handle like those people coming at you? Because you know, on social media too, there's so many trolls, there's so many people that Mm want to give their opinion and that are haters and think you should do this or do that. How do you handle like any of the negative that sort of might come your way? Do you respond back or do you kind of
3: like it like everything else? <laughs> <laughs> um i get migraines too by the way and i uh, all the time
2: i know you do that's why i'm like we should be friends because we can talk about all the same things we can just sit there drink wine and talk about the migraines and fear of flying a but
3: a lot of it's i think just like stress inter- i just like push everything inside stress pain emotion everything mm. um but, oh my God, I already forgot the question. Mom brain, would you? Oh
1: no, <laughs> I. Was like, yeah. I was just saying like with the social media people that come on and they're like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And everyone that has their opinion. opinion,
3: right? I've had a tough skin my whole life. I mean, there wasn't obviously social media mm. when I, you know, became famous on 90210. But there were tabloids and mm-hmm. they, you know, there were still people in chat rooms. I don't know, li- stuff like that. Mm. that um, it was hard, and they were just like, "Er," it was all about picking you apart, tearing yeah. you down. So, I, you know, just developed a really thick skin, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stuff doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, that's a lie. Somewhere deep down, it bothers mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. But, like that's subconsciously, but like consciously, like my everyday, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Everyone has an opinion, and I just push it down. Mm-hmm. My husband gets really upset, and he mm-hmm. feels the need to go out there and defend me and say. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, we all know this. We're all trained, you know. Don't respond. Don't mm-hmm. say anything. You say right. anything about something, and you're making it a bit ignore them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm still of that mindset because that's how I was brought up. Learning, you know, publicists your whole life are like, you do this. Don't say anything. Mm-hmm. No comment. So I don't say anything, but he's like, he wants to go on there and he blasts it out. I'm like, look mm-hmm. big, look what happened. Exactly what they told us would happen years mm-hmm. ago. It got bigger news because you said something, but he's like, I can't help it. I can't let people attack you and say things. So we have two different mindsets on how to handle yeah. it, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. Once in a while, I'll get riled up and fire back at people, yeah. but it's not often.
2: <laughs> it's always about, well, I try to kill him with kindness. Cause I realized that like, I have one hater that keeps changing her profile, but I know it's her. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, this is so boring to me. Um, and, and like she just says the most horrific things about me. And then I thought this is about her. It's not mm. about me. Mm. And Sean, my husband said to me last week, and I think I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm going to ask her to have a phone, to have a phone call. I'm gonna get her on the phone. Oh wow! And I'm gonna tell. And I'm gonna tell everyone. I'm gonna record it, mm. and then I'm going to release it so that people understand where she's coming from. Because mm. I promise you, the phone call is not gonna be like I fucking hate you and you're a bad mother. It's gonna be like I have. I have my own pain that I'm dealing with and I have lost in my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we can start a conversation about where hate comes from because hate and and anger is not, it's not a primary emotion. It comes from something else. Mm -hmm. And I think if we understand that, then I think we can realize that, it's never about us. Like we just have to fix our own shit. And then the other stuff is just noise except when it's mm-hmm. about my kids. And then I'll fucking
1: kill <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah. yes. I mama agree. You know, that's the
3: only time I come out too. It's the mama uh-huh. bear. You come out because you're like, okay, well, it's not about me. Oh, it's about someone else. And now I'm on it. Uh-huh. But I mean, I'm sure we've all done this. How many times have you literally said like, Oh, Ha, uh, to that person. If you mm. do address it, just wishing you love and light, like, you know, yeah. Whatever yeah. Whatever. Peace. <laughs> nine out of 10 times they'll say, Oh my God. Hi Tori. Like I'm your biggest
1: fan. I yeah. It was just an attention getter, you know, yeah. they're like,
2: Look at me. And their <laughs> profile, like the line, you know, when it like it says who's who they are? The profile yeah. always says, like, just a mama bear in love with the world. Yeah, yeah. Adventure <laughs> adventurer. Stay true to yourself. Yeah, I Peace love and light. meditation. Yeah. Love and light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always,
1: always those ones. Always. Always. Well, speaking of kids, oh my God. I don't know if this has been happening with you, Tori, especially like with homeschooling, you know, the whole mm. bit of what's going on. There are times that I want to grab the rosé bottle and just head to the closet, like <laughs> yes. walk the door and just sit in there for like four hours by myself. How is like the homeschooling thing? I know we're about to start it up again here in California. Yeah. How Depressing. is, yeah. Mm. How is the whole thing with the kids? Like how are you keeping the kids like, you know, engaged and uh, tell us all about that.
3: And I'm okay saying that this is like yeah. a whole different time we're navigating. Um, they've been on their devices way more than usual and Mm -hmm. I've been allowing it because we're all trying to figure out what to do and get shit done while we're in our home, trying to do zooms and try to work as much as we can from home, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. It's not easy. I epically failed at the homeschool. I won't be adding teacher Mm -hmm. to my resume. ever. I hear you. I hear you. Same. I mean, really bad. And I think the thing is for me, and this is this is a tough one for me. Well, I know education is really important. I know when I was young, there weren't options. You were kind of put in a box and mm-hmm. you were like, here's what we learn. Here's the math we learn. Here's, you know, everyone mm-hmm. learned the same thing, but we're all very different. I think our kids, it's a different generation. We're tapping into what their passions are at an early age. Like my daughter... I've known from birth that she's going to be a creator and she's going to be a baker. She's going to do something, mm-hmm. um, in that space. And she's, she said, mom, like school is making her feel bad. It's making her, she's said to self confidence has gone down at school. She was bullied. Then online, you know, the teachers are like, well, you're not doing this. You're mm-hmm. failing. You're doing, and she self confidence is getting lowered. And she said, mom, I just don't want to be in school. And I, and she said, why do I have to be, can I just go to culinary school? Because I know that's my dream and that's well, what I will be. And I'm going to empower other women to own their own business. And she's mm-hmm. super business minded mm-hmm. and do all that. And I'm hearing all this and I'm like, she's not wrong. Mm-hmm. And how do you answer that? Because I'm like, I know I have to say, nope, you got to stay in school. And she does. And my husband's like, you need an education. You need, you got to go to college. Your mom and I didn't go to college because we were actors. And I wish I had that college education now, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. She's a creator. And Mm -hmm. is she going to need to know, you know, algebra and, Mm -hmm. you know, things that maybe they're teaching that don't really apply to the next generation when they know they want to be in the arts and they know Mm -hmm. they want to create. So. Um, when school comes up, the whole thing, I'm not as like my husband's very strict Mm -hmm. and I'm very like, Oh, okay, you're not feeling great today. You don't have to go. I'm that mom. You know, Mm -hmm. good mom. Like, let's talk about your emotions. Let's hug it out. (laughs) And he's like, You know what? You're going to school. You know what? Get online. So
2: It's good to have both. Yeah, that's just a good balance. Yeah, you think that you're clashing, but maybe you're doing everything right. Yeah. It's it's really hard to have two of the same type of parent um, because there is no. There's no ability to feel both sides. But I always wonder, like, do you have different connections to different kids? Because I've, I've got two, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, right now one's a baby, so I'm not exactly sure who she is. My first is very sensitive and very ballsy. They're both very spirited as well. But, like, I don't know what it's going to be like when they grow up. Like, what if I get on with one of them more? Like, does that happen?
1: Yeah. So,
2: like...
3: I, 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 feel like it's so hard because you know they're all getting to that age where they're like, "Mom, you like this one better." You right. like, uh-huh. I love all you <laughs> but it's, it's like a different connection, something different with each and every one of them, and it's interesting. It is interesting having five. They are all so different and it's so cool. I think about it all the time. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe like we made all five of you and you're all so uniquely like yourselves, like
1: mm-hmm.
3: there's some of me and each of you, some of your dad, and then some of you, it's just you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely ones that I'm like, okay, you're more me and I get along with you better, but it goes in phases. Like, you know, like Stella and I have always been she's been my, you know, Stella and me Mm -hmm. like from birth, like she was mine. Um, and I think it was my biggest fear because my mom and I had a very complicated relationship Mm -hmm. and you think, you know, uh, a mother and daughter relationship, you know, there's books about it. Like it's just a complicated relationship. It's not always easy. And my biggest fear is, oh my God, what if I have a daughter and I repeat the past and it's a complicated, I I call it complicated, you know, it's, Mm -hmm because I don't know what other words to use and it's a Mm -hmm. nicer word to use, but we've had our issues and I love my mom dearly and I know she loves me, but it wasn't always easy. And my biggest fear was having a daughter and the same thing would happen. And because of that, um, you know, the moment Stella was born, I just like would kiss her and love her and hug on her and tell her she was amazing Um, to the point where, you know, now she's 12 and we're starting to clash because, Mm -hmm. Hmm it was like, we were always, she was my everything. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, now she's her own person. And she's starting right. to rebel against that. And Dean said, you spoiled her too much. And now she feels entitled. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're going through all that, like growing pains, you know, she's mm-hmm. kind of, and I think this is when it happened. She's a tween. She's we're close, close, close. And now we're starting to separate, but I hear they come mm-hmm. back. So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs>
3: And Liam, mm-hmm. my firstborn, he was always mm-hmm. a daddy's boy. Uh, the, you know, oh, boys love their mama. He came out just attached to his dad. And, I was right. like, what <laughs> <happened?"> <laughs> and it was my first. So I was like, well, am I just a bad mom? Like, I didn't get it. Um, and he was always, we kind of weren't on the same page. Ever mm. and now he and I are starting to gel. And do people say gel, still, so, uh, whatever. I'm old. Um, if you say it, they say it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, now. He's 13 and we're starting to have so much more in common, so it just comes and goes, ebbs and flows. And as they age, I guess,
1: yeah, you know, I think it's so interesting because both you guys have multiples. I have one daughter, she's six. And we were so tight, like you're saying, Tori, with your daughter, super tight. You know, I, I think I probably spoiled her, too, a little bit. But now I see her going more with her dad. And it's starting to break my heart a little bit because I'm like, am I just going to be asked out at some point? Like, is she just no. going to be like, I'm done with you, Mom? Like, so it's interesting to see, like, how, yeah. like, the trajectory is going to be, you know? My like, first mm-hmm. Phoenix came out. Around two, three, four, uh-huh. extremely
2: difficult. And now she's like obsessed with me. So uh, it just, it just changes and, it yeah. and goes in and out. And just, I mean, and I'm sure with other kids, is the same thing, you know, and yeah. they're complex relationships. Like you bore, mm-hmm. you made this human being that you think you own, but you don't. Yeah. Um, they're not yours. Like you bore them. So they're yourself, you know, and it's your um, it's your being, but they're not you. And that's yeah. the thing that
1: I feel. You have to let go and it's hard. Let go and it feels It's like hard. It's yeah.
2: You know? And I yeah. think that we treat parenting like, well, they're, they belong to us. So we're going to control mm-hmm. them, but mm-hmm. then they have no room to like develop who they are as people. And like, Spread their wings and fly because we think that we own them. So it's it's a tough thing, and I'm I'm already starting to see it, aren't you? Like they're seven and it's yeah. seven, and you know it's starting to happen.
1: They're breaking away, you know, a little bit, You're making their <laughs> own way, <laughs> 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 leaving us on the sideline. <laughs> That's
3: why it I was, was... on a roll. I just kept having more so I could just see, start over. That was smart, story You got it
1: all now. Yeah. Done, done. no more.
3: Well, I mean, I'm forty. I just turned forty seven. So you you look amazing. I know (laughs) she does. Uh, Everything we never planned any of them. My husband and I, right when we got together, as soon as we were married, we knew we wanted to have a family. So Mm -hmm. we didn't use protection, Mm -hmm. and um, they've all come when they wanted to come. Okay. Sometimes there were three years in between some of them. Some of them, like two of mine, are ten months apart. Um, and then Bo, like, I thought I had him at 44. I was like, Oh my God, like, I'm sure I'm too old to have a baby. And then boom, Mm. all of a sudden we didn't realize we were even pregnant with him until Uh. I was three and a half months pregnant.
1: Really? How How did you find out? out?
3: I was like, I was 40. It was a baby. (laughs) I was like, like, okay, I guess maybe early menopause. I don't know. Mm. And then I was nauseous. And then we took a test. I was like, Oh my God, went to the (gasps) doctor and- He was. I was like, I don't know if there's like even like a heartbeat or anything. He's like, a heartbeat. There's a baby. It's a three and (laughs) a half month. You're three and a half pregnant. There's a born baby there. So I was like, oh my god. So that was Bo and. um... Yeah. So I don't know. I'm 47 now. I'm probably way too old. Watch. I'll say that and then I'll be pregnant. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's like, amazing. You've sweet. only had five. You haven't used protection yeah. ever. And you've only had five. Like you could have had like 19 <laughs> <laughs> children. <laughs> right. you're, no, you're sexually actually active. You know how this works, right? We just, <laughs> yeah. we discussed before the birds and the bees you're aware. Um, and you had lots of sex cause you love your husband. You think he's really hot and you had five kids. I'm surprised you didn't again, have
3: <gasps> the new, the new TV show, Tori and 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You Know I'm truly convinced that they choose us and they come when they were ready yeah. because I don't know. I mean, we talk about all the time, like, oh, remember when you were young and you're like, Oh my god, something happened and you're yeah. like, oh, am I pregnant? Because you were young, and you were like single, and like yeah, and then it's like never happened. And then with us, it's just like, I guess I'm really fertile. Who knew? Yeah. I never thought
1: I was. Well, that's like, you had a harrowing fourth pregnancy too. Yes. So like to come back after that and have another one, that's very like brave. And that, yes. that's great. You know,
3: I'm not a healthy person. Like I'm not you healthy. <laughs> You're
1: super healthy, Tori.
3: <laughs> I'm not girl. that gets sick all the time, but yeah, oh. but my body, my body like is my, uh, I was trying what's that song? My body is my wonderland. <laughs> Thank you, <Lou. laughs> Well, um, I always
2: think I'm pregnant by the way I'm the person who buys every month I'm like I'm definitely pregnant because I'm being a yeah. bitch And it means that I'm like totally pregnant And Sean's like no that's just PMS normally Um, But Tell I'm like I'm cramping
1: Tell her no. about the stick in the bathroom Tammin when you I made
2: me go Roxy, Roxy mm. and I had this facial like that PRP oh my God. facial which didn't work by the way Like it just like we were just red for a day That blood facial I'm like <laughs> yeah. um, I just think they put blood all over our face I don't really just think this is giggles. Yeah Um, and then I was like, I'm pregnant. I was like, I think I'm really (laughs) pregnant. I'm four days late and I'm never late ever. I'm like, like clockwork. So, um, this is such a gross story and this is such a turnoff. And then I promise (laughs) you never have I ever get you out of here because you have five children and you don't (laughs) know. Right, right. we're in the bathroom, and she came with me, Roxy. In the, to pee on the, in the on, This is real friendship. She was like sitting there, going, holding my hand. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pee. Okay, I'm gonna pee. And so she's holding my hand, and like the pee came out, and then I got my period at the same time. Right there. Oh right then God. and there. Right then so and there. So
3: gross. This is a terrible story, and we should totally cut this out. But that is true friendship. I have been I there, like, oh, sister. I've totally done that. <laughs> so, yeah, you think? Like, it, you're like, should I buy the test? Should I buy the test? You buy it, you do it, and you have your period. Of course. Uh huh. Of course. Because I was like, I just spent twenty (laughs) fucking nine dollars on like a piece stick that I can never get back. Now I (laughs) swear, I've kept over the years. EPT like single handedly in business, I have pissed (laughs) on so many pieces. (laughs) Okay, Tori, right? we're
2: going to do a Never Have I Ever and get you out of here. Yes, so fun. Done. But please don't be a stranger. You said we were friends, and I know we're in quarantine, so you can probably be like, yeah, sure, we're friends, and a year we'll still be
3: in
1: quarantine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you never have to
1: hang out. <laughs> okay, Tori, are you ready for Never I, Have I, I Ever? I
3: think so. After all of this, I think I can probably <laughs> handle
1: that. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, you mentioned you had, like, a uh, fear flying. So, Never Have I Ever drink too much on the plane just to like ease your way in and like deal with the flight.
3: You guys, I forget how to play this. Everyone says so it's Just say right now. You say I have.
1: Yeah, you yeah. can say I have or I have never.
3: Oh, I have. That's the only way I get through flight.
1: <laughs> right,
2: got to. I took too. Xanax once, and I thought I was dying. That did not go over so
3: well. I've done that too, and it didn't help me.
2: Oh, uh-uh. okay. Never have I ever
1: told a fan to f off
3: <gasps> never have i <gasps> Never. Amazing. what's oh.
1: been like what's been like the most bizarre fan encounter that i mean i
3: thought it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here i am like i have to be nice i'm a people pleaser so i can never let someone think i would do
1: that to <laughs> right, right. have you okay. had a bizarre fan encounter like that where somebody has just like riled you up like or oh i'm sure but for yeah. sure right?
3: For sure. Yeah. They, you know, they say trigger things. They know activate you because mm-hmm. they want a response in a negative way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, no. mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, rocks. Never have I ever gotten into a fight with my husband and told him to sleep outside. <gasps> No, never <laughs> have. I have. <laughs> Do you okay. really, really slept outside. Yeah, I
3: <laughs>
2: well, we, put,
1: we put him in like the guest house in the back. I was like, "You can sleep out there tonight." Bye. Right, I'll see you. <laughs> see you some other time. I always kick my. I'm like, I'm "You have to
2: leave the house," and I'm like. Oh, no, it's kind of scary in here without you coming back.
3: <laughs> I felt that way, but I've never done it. I would never have the balls to say, like, leave. Get out of the house. He'd be like, why? You leave. Like,
1: get out. <laughs> I'm you always see, like, like, leave. The power and to leave.
2: Get out? Like- I'm always like, leave. And then he leaves. I'm like, why'd you leave? <laughs> You're like calling him. You're like, come back. Come back. I'm like, excuse me, why'd you leave? Okay. Um, a few more and then we're done. Okay. Never have I ever. Mm. Well, you have done this, but okay. FaceTime sex when my husband was on a project. Like Ooh. FaceTimed it. Like had sex over FaceTime. I thought this was a given. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I have. Yeah. There you yeah, go. There you a- go. A virgin. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Roxy has. But. Really?
1: I, I, I don't think. No. You know what we did back? Now, this is like dating us because... Back in the day, we used to do the texting, the dirty texts, like the naughty text. Yeah. Like that was my in the you day, just but- send a, an eggplant emoji and you <laughs> yeah. yeah, Exactly. I'm like, it's easy. <laughs>
3: my husband does that all the time. And I'm like, uh. oh. Yeah, like the eggplants squirting uh, yeah. the poop like, <laughs>
2: what the hell <laughs> my husband not even know where they were on the phone yeah I <laughs> you'd be love like it. where is this emoji uh, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah okay oh, last one rocks
1: okay never have i ever ooh kissed my friend's boyfriend after they were oh, dating like any time of your yeah, life Yeah. anytime yeah, yeah.
3: I have to really think about that one. I've definitely had friends kiss my boyfriend, (laughs) but have I ever kissed a friend's boyfriend? Uh No, never have I ever.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're a good girl. Good friend.
3: Well, on that note,
1: Tori. Someone
2: else's
3: <laughs> boyfriend,
1: but never like, <laughs> They're your friends. She's still going through,
3: like, well, <laughs> well I technically but, you know, I I'm actually way too honest. So I can't lie. But it wasn't like my
1: friends. <laughs> it was like an acquaintance. Acquaintance.
2: <laughs> I once dated my boyfriend's uh-huh. best friend.
1: No, you didn't.
2: Isn't that terrible? Wait, well, your boyfriend's best friend, like yeah. right
1: after, and you know what I think about? Well,
2: no, I think I was at, look, this was like, I was i think it was like 17 okay but i think back at it and i'm like what a shitty friend like like shitty me i'm yes but like the bro code it's it's, the best friend like that's really shitty yeah (laughs) yeah that is not nice for me too tori's like it's kind of shitty (laughs) for (laughs) me
1: okay well tori
3: where can
2: people find you
1: where can we find you
3: right here all day long all day long Um, Uh, work like my socials yeah, well, socials
2: where where like on your you you have a new show yeah tell us that. about you this so show many things
1: going on yes to
3: say stuff like that okay <laughs> um <laughs> on instagram you guys um at at tori spelling um facebook twitter um i'm not on twitch yet is mm. it twitch switch what is it are you a TikTok mom? TikTok? TikTok mom? No, the the one I'm supposed to be on now. Oh. Seniors, but now it's for like moms and cooking people.
1: I don't know. I'm told about it. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Twitch, I think <laughs> it's Twitch. Uh. Twitch, I think. Twitch is like the new one, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not
3: on TikTok. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I haven't gotten there. Um, I do have a new show. It's called Celebrity Show Off, um, and it's on TBS, and my new video drops Tuesday night. I'm in uh, – it'll be oh, – I can't say that yet. Um, my new video <laughs> drops Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube. You can look up Celebrity Show Off, Tori Spelling. And I have a beauty line, beautywithtori.com. Make it my way
1: and thanks, guys. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we are... Roxy Manning. Oh, no, she, what's my name? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Tana <laughs> Sirzak. <laughs> and I am Roxy Manning.
2: And we are... Women...
1: On... on... Top!